You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 149. And then you're able to face your fear and do it anyway. We have so much strength within us that we don't realize until we have to tap into it. And that's the other thing that I realized is how strong I was. You know, when the chips are down, we find how strong we are. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. I'm so happy that you've joined us. Each and every week on the Star Coach Show, we do a dive into strategies, tools, and resources for professional coaches. And we do that through several different avenues, looking at business building, at skill building, at different stories that it coaches can bring forward that may resonate with us about how we want to show up or what we can learn from that experience. The way that we look at our life circumstances, the lens that we choose to look through impacts the way that we feel about a situation and the way that we behaviorally respond to that situation. That is one of the focuses of today's interview. In this episode, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Nancy McKay. Nancy is going to share with us her journey into coaching, but particularly through the lens of two very difficult life circumstances that could impact us many different ways. And she's going to share those experiences with us through the lens of cognitive coaching, through the lens of how she responded to being raised in an alcoholic household through becoming an alcoholic herself and then her path to sobriety, as well as being diagnosed with ovarian cancer and using that diagnosis and recovery as a motivator to change her life and to move into coaching as a profession. Nancy shares openly and honestly with us about her journey and how her journey led her also to make a determination about who her ideal clients might be. Many times that determination, who am I going to work with and how do I present my unique value proposition to that client base is one of the things that we sometimes struggle with as coaches. And Nancy's story helps us understand one path to choosing our ideal client, as well as the style of coaching. Nancy is a coach who works with her clients around belief systems and how those belief systems impact the way that we respond. And I think that Whether you are a coach listening to this right now or any in any mode of life, you're going to get value out of Nancy's journey through illness to recovery and this new profession of coaching for herself. Nancy has earned her certification 
as a Wayfinder Life Coach from Martha Beck Incorporated, as well as a mind-body eating coach from the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. She is currently working towards a certification as an Equus coach. So Nancy is a lifelong learner. She is energetic and passionate about what she does. And her diverse background and experience and training provides her clients with multiple resources for healing and growth. And she shares all of that with us today. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Nancy McKay and have us listen together to the journey that she's taken into the field of life coaching. Nancy, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is wonderful to see you this morning. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. You have a wonderful story to share that I think is going to really strike the heart of so many of our audience, whether they have had a similar experience. I think all of us have had some time in our life where something has hit us to make us kind of stop and take inventory. And you had something pretty major happen. So let's talk a little bit about your journey and what happened in your life that sort of created this shift of careers for you. Okay. Well, in 2015, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. The fall of 2014, I had some symptoms and I went in for a surgery, complete hysterectomy, on my birthday, my 58th birthday. Oh my, you had surgery on your 58th birthday? I did. I think we could come up with other things for you to do on your birthday. It was not the best. (laughs) Bless you. So uh, you had the surgery that was actually life-giving to you because it it opened up some doors. Absolutely. So I woke up to diagnosis, stage 1C ovarian cancer, which is very early. I was extremely lucky. And As I was going through chemo treatment for the following six months, it changed my perspective on my life. And I was in a corporate job. I was in the oil and gas industry, which had been very, very good to me. I worked for a wonderful company. And I found that it just wasn't enough. It wasn't feeding my soul. And so then I had always been interested in self-development. And so I do a lot of reading in that regard. And it occurred to me that 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 was what really interested me and and was really triggered passion in my heart. And so I started pursuing going down that road. The road of of personal development and helping others grow. As and that is so as you began that, you still had the safety net of your comp of your corporate job. And I'm sure that, you know created some level of, of safety and at the absolutely time, I'm hearing absolutely this pull towards but is this really what feeds my soul? Is this really what creates the kind of life that I want? Exactly. While I was in school, I was still working and it wasn't until just April of last year that I of this year actually that I retired from my corporate job and started coaching full time. Because I just couldn't, 
I could not do that anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, I well, and one of the quotes that you shared with me from yourself is during my chemo, I lost my hair, but I found my inner strength. Exactly. And I think that, that is so powerful in maybe some of the silver linings that come from really traumatic things. And and one of the things that I know really speaks to you and speaks to the kind of coaching that you do is the concept of cognitive coaching or working, coaching around thoughts is basically. So cognitive coaching is one of the courses that I teach it in the coaching program that I teach in, and it's near and dear to my heart. I was a cognitive behavioral therapist as well. So let's talk about how you, how you managed your thoughts through this process. Well, I didn't have a coach when I was going through chemo, mm-hmm. and I wish I had because it would have been a great deal of help. Fortunately, I have a survival instinct that I really quite wasn't quite aware I had, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And it gave me the desire to fight and to learn as much as I could about how to get through this with as much grace and dignity as I could. Bless you. And, you know, that's something that, that I learned when I got sober. And it's a process of, for me, it was, you know, turning things over to my higher power. Mm-hmm. And that gave me great strength. So that's the other thing you bring up here. You've had two sort of major diseases that you've worked through, that you've worked past. Mm-hmm. So you've had mm-hmm. an issue with sobriety. Or you, and how long ago did you get sober? I got sober in March of 2009. So it's been a little bit over 10 years. So you've had a very interesting 10 years because, you know, (laughs) sobriety is something you work on every single day and then working towards that positive attitude about believing that you could beat the cancer and that you were going to create a different kind of life for yourself. It takes determination. It takes strength of character. For those people who maybe don't understand the concept of coaching around our beliefs. What would you like to share about about the concept of of coaching from that angle? As you well know, cognitive coaching is all about thoughts. Circumstances create thoughts, and those thoughts will create a belief, and those create feelings, and those therefore affect your behaviors and your reactions and your actions that you take. And so I could have gone through, and what I try to work with my clients that are going through similar things is you can look at the circumstance. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you know, I've been diagnosed with ovarian cancer and I could have gone down the, I'm going to die, you know, I'm terrified, I'm depressed, I'm angry. And then I could have, that would have led me to being either really angry with my friends and family or isolating or you know, doing something like that. Or I could say I've been diagnosed with ovarian cancer and I'm going to beat this. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. (laughs) So you have this hopeful, powerful, positive feeling and belief. And then, then you're ready to go out and fight and 
when you're more likely to engage with people on, you know, be on my team. Let's, let's pray about this. Let's, let's get the positive energy flowing. Let's work together towards my health and well-being rather than that, that victim mentality of, I don't, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm going to just shut down and give up. Exactly. Same circumstances. That's just what I want. It's the same situation on both sides. It's the, the, belief that you chose to engage in that impacted the way that you felt and the way that you ultimately behaved. Exactly. And one of the silver linings for me of this cancer diagnosis was really feeling how many people in my world loved me. How you know, powerful. Like, sometimes you think, oh, nobody cares and blah, blah, blah. I had so many people reach out and, and love me and take care of me that it was just unbelievable. And it it made me very, very grateful for those people in my life. And my husband's at the top of the list. He was. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, because he also had to support you in this major my, life decision that you made when you decided to leave a, a very secure environment at the, at the corporation that was just not meeting your spiritual or passion needs. Right. So maybe we could look at that but as we walk through managing fears. I'm sure that there is some fears that were involved in that. And I know that you also had a recent experience that sort of tapped into the feeling of harnessing that fear. So let's talk a little bit about that. So <laughs> I was just telling you about, I've recently been taking horseback riding lessons. And Tuesday, I cantered for the first time on the back of a horse, which was so exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. And it it really reminded me that it's so much like launching this coaching business of mine. You know, you start small and you start walking and then you trot and then you canter. And, you know, I haven't galloped yet, but that's coming. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just so reminiscent because it's, you know, you, you do your training and you start coaching a little bit and you start doing all the things that you need to do. And I'm hitting my stride and I'm, you know, working with clients and I'm lucky enough to be interviewed by people like you. And it's just, it's so exhilarating and all of it is outside of my comfort zone. And you mentioned that you almost felt like you were flying. And I felt like I was flying and I was, you know, really hoping I wasn't going to (laughs) fall. And you're here to tell us about it. I didn't fall. So with that beautiful story in mind, let's talk about how you work with your clients around the concept of managing fears. We all are going to have fears. Being conscious is not the absence of fear. It's realizing that the fear is going to be there. And what are we going to do in the face of the fear? Exactly. So the first thing I tell my clients is to name it you know, acknowledge it. You have to, you just have to call it out there. You know, I'm terrified of failure. I'm afraid he's going to leave me. I'm afraid I'm going to die. Uh, you know, whatever the circumstance is, and there all, are all these circumstances. And it, it almost, it, by naming it, it brings it out into the light. Oh, yeah. If we keep things hidden or we don't acknowledge them, they actually have more power than when we... Absolutely. We just it's like the monster. On it. Right? Yeah. It's like the monster under the bed, right? So you pull the monster out of the, um, from under the bed and you realize that it's a teddy bear, you know, and... And so it's not as scary if you can witness it, acknowledge it, 
and name it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> this is it. This is what it is. And then, you know, my favorite thing is to tell people to breathe. You know, for a woman true to my heart, anybody who's had therapy with me or coaching with me knows that I'll say, breathe, just breathe, breathe. And that lowers your stress level so much because we all build things up here again. It's those thoughts. So if you've named your fear and then you've talked, you've got all these thoughts running through your head and you're gaining momentum with them and you're massaging them and you know, bringing life to them, you're not breathing. (laughs) Right. So if you stop and breathe, it calms everything down. And then, you know, stop and listen and give yourself time for some reflection. So this is where I think, you know, prayer and meditation come into play, because I will tell you this story. When I was before I had my surgery, I was walking down my stairs in my house and I was terrified. I was really starting to go into a kind of a meltdown. And I stopped about halfway down the stairs and I said, please, God, take this away from me. And I took a deep breath. And by the time I hit the bottom of the stairs, it was gone. And it was just that worked for me when I was getting sober and it worked for me again. And so you know, the, the, we all have a power greater than ourselves, whether we acknowledge it or not. And tapping into that is key for me. And then meditating so you can listen to what the universe is telling you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. And then knowing deep in your heart that right now you're safe, right? In this very moment, everything is fine. Well, and if we're talking under that coaching umbrella as well, that's then part of our responsibility as the coach to create that environment that makes sure that our clients know you're safe. I'm your partner here. We're going to create a space for you that allows you to explore what's going on with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you. You're not alone in this. You're safe. And let's have the courage to look at what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. And then you're able to face your fear and do it anyway. And you can, you know, we have so much strength within us that we don't realize until we have to tap into it. And that's the other thing that I realized is how strong I was. You know, when the chips are down, Mm -hmm. we find out how strong we are. And, you know, that's what I try to convey to my clients is you are stronger than you realize and you can do this. You can get past this. You can, you know, be courageous and make your life better. You can do it. You can do it. Wow. So you talk about putting yourself first with integrity. Tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Well, for me, it means finding my voice and learning how to set boundaries. You know, I'm in my 60s, and I grew up as a people pleaser. I came from an alcoholic family, and you learn to walk on eggshells and do whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I found that I took care of other people before I took care of myself. I'm learning the tools 
and I say learning because I'm still learning. Isn't it a lifelong journey? It is a a lifelong journey. I have found my voice. I'm finding my voice. And, and sometimes, you know, my voice says things that are hard for me to say, and it's hard for people to hear, but it's critical to, to do that, to find your voice. And I think one of the representations of that is that you began your career as a life coach because that's what your heart was telling you exactly. was living in your integrity, living absolutely in who you wanted to be, even if those boundaries meant that you were putting yourself first. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's hard sometimes for the other guy. <laughs> but well, it's-, and it's hard sometimes to be courageous enough to step into that space and say, but this is what I need to do. This is what my heart is telling me I need to do. This is what my spirit is telling me I need to do. This is just what I know down to the soles of my feet. This is what I need to do. Exactly right. Exactly right. And when you feel that, when you know that, there's no turning back. And so it's, this is it. And here's what's happening and come along for the ride, you know, and that's, you know, that's just, that's my gut feeling is Mm -hmm. I know, and that's one of the things that has been so beautiful about this journey is that I know down to the soles of my feet exactly what I'm doing and that it feels right. Right. And in order to do that, I think you needed to give yourself the gift of (laughs) self-compassion. What are some of the things that you did or thought about to, to get you to that place of being compassionate with Nancy? Well, that was hard too. You know, that was a lesson that was, that has taken a long time to get across. And for me, because I was so used to beating myself up and the question is, you know, how well is that working for you? You know, right. Beating yourself up isn't serving anyone. It's not serving you and it's not serving the people around you. So put the baseball bat away and get over it as far as that goes. So one of the things that, that, you know, we all have these toxic thoughts in our head, right? right? And Martha Beck calls it lizard brain. And <laughs> she taught us to name our lizards. And so mine, my lizard is Lulu. And so I just tell Lulu when she's going off about something that, you know, you know, you can calm down. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. But I've, you know, I'm good here and I don't, you know, you can take a nap. Well, and what's interesting that you say there that I really want people to hear is that we're all going to have those lizards or gremlins or whatever it is that that we call that self-defeating language that can happen in our brain mm-hmm. and ignoring it or turning a deaf ear to it isn't as powerful as being able to say, I hear you, I acknowledge you, I appreciate that you have a contribution and I'm going to ask you to, I'm just going to release now. I'm going to release. You can, you can go take a nap. You can know that I've heard you and now enough. So the difference in that is that all those voices that come from within us are a piece of us and they have a purpose. So there's a part of us that believes that that's protecting us or that Absolutely. that is serving a purpose. So when we're able to say, I hear you, I acknowledge you, and I release that, or I give you permission now to 
to lay low or take a nap. It's acknowledging that peace within us that feels the need to protect us and allows us to make a different choice. Exactly right. And, you know, because the toxic thoughts, if we just tell them to, you know, shut up, go away, shut (laughs) up, then that's just one more toxic behavior, right? Right. You're being mean to yourself. You're being mean to your toxic thought, right? You're being mean to your lizard. Mm -hmm. So, so that's not helping. If you name it again, it's your fear. Your toxic thought is a, is a fear. And so if you name it, you get it out in the open and you say, thank you for contributing. I hear you go take a nap. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. What other gifts would you say that you came out of this experience with in, in the way that you're maybe able to take a different perspective? So I think the biggest thing for me was it's never too late. You know, I, I am 62 and a half years old and there are a lot of people who think that that's time to start, you know, trimming back and relaxing and putting your feet up. And, and that sounds great sometimes for some people. But for me, I did not want to do that. I, I had to challenge myself to say, you know, you've been given a gift here. You've been given this gift of perspective that, you know, life can change on a dime. And so you can live your life to the fullest or you can start preparing to die. You know, you can, I think there's a line in a movie somewhere about that. And I can't remember what it was. I think it was Shawshank Redemption or something, but you can get busy living or you can get busy dying. Right, right. And I want you know, there's so much that I still want to do. And one of the big things is help other women like myself who have been challenged in some way know that it's not the end of the world. That even if even if they have a limited time, they can make the most of it and make the best of it. And it can be the best part of their life. And that's what I'm learning is this is the best time of my life. And I'm so excited. I mean, if this would have happened to me 20 years ago, it probably wouldn't have had the same impact. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, it would have just been, you know, incredible. And so now, you know, I know I've got a limited time to do all the things that I want to do. We all have limited time. Yeah. And the other thing is we never know how long that is. Exactly. So, you know, if you're going to do something, you better get on it. Well, the other thing that you said that I would just like to touch on, I know we're drawing close to the end of our time, but that you made a decision, the client population you want to work with, Mm -hmm. basically you fit the ideal client avatar sense. You you are sort of who your ideal client is. Many times that's the case. So for those of you that are listening, maybe you're in a place of completing your certification or beginning to build your business and you're thinking, I don't know who I want to work with, then I encourage you to work with lots of different people and think about who who really strikes as a real match for me. But the other thing that Nancy and I are talking about that I hear a lot is I actually am my ideal client, that I want to work with people who I can relate to because I've been there. I've done that. And that's your ideal client. Exactly right. And I also don't want someone who it's wonderful to work with people who have a desire to have a change of thought 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who will not let themselves look at that. And so, you know, that's a real challenging client. Right. And, you know, there's a possibility that I can help them change that process, that thought process, that belief that they have that I'm too old. It's too late for me to do anything different. Because you're a role model. Yeah. I have to stay in this job until the day I die. Mm -hmm. You know, no, actually you don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Actually you don't. And, you know, why do you think that that is true for you? Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, and then maybe if they allow themselves to look at that, then they have an opportunity. But many people don't look at that opportunity. And that's another great reason to work with a coach who has been trained to be able to help you consider your options and open up options for you. And I would assume that as Nancy sort of creates your message to your clients, clients are going to know that you are a coach who works around belief systems. So if there's a client who does not want to work around belief systems, they're not likely to reach out to Nancy, but that doesn't exclude the, you know, multitude of people who understand the value that that brings. So helping get clarity about who you are and what you do will attract the kind of client to you who is, who wants to do that kind of work. Absolutely. Nancy, I so appreciate you bringing your personal story to us and how basically getting cancer gave you a new outlook on life and a new career as a life coach. Thank you for coming on board and, and sharing. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So there you go. One of the things that I absolutely love about meeting with my guests for the show is that we can bring you different perspectives in many different ways, maybe directly talking about how to use a different competency and how to apply that in your partnership with a client or how somebody built their business or a specific tool to use like publishing a book or as in we did in today's show really walking through somebody's journey and using their personal experience to help us grow. So I want to thank Nancy McKay once again for being with us in today's show and sharing her journey into her new career of life coaching. If you are enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. The more rates and reviews we get, the more coaches will find our show. If you're enjoying the show, share it with a friend and bring them on over to the Star Coach audience. We have some incredible shows on the horizon for you. We're going to talk about the evolution of the ICF and how being a member of the organization can really move your business forward because of the changes that are happening within the ICF. We're also talking about giving fearless feedback to our clients, how we can effectively provide feedback in a way that partners with our clients to help them move forward. 
That and so much more are in future episodes. So be sure to come back and listen again. And as always, thank you so much for being a Star Coach listener. It is a joy to spend time with you each week. Until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an enjoyable week.